Today's title is Talking to Yourself. No, you're not crazy. Well, you're not crazy because you talk to yourself. You may be crazy, but you're not crazy because you talk to yourself. So today, I believe it's going to help us all. I believe it's going to help us all, especially uh, if you have trouble with negativity. We all have doubts at times in our life about things that are going on. I know that there's times that I really have to fight it. You know, the the vision, if you'll see it on that uh, wall over there, there's three major things to our vision. We want uh, to build a college in the Congo, which is millions of dollars, a Christian college in the Congo. And uh, we want to build a youth center in Pueblo. And it's not just a basketball court. We want to build a, a youth center that people in Denver will want to come down and visit. Amen. And then, which means it's high-tech. What is it? I don't know, but it's just not a basketball court and a rock wall. You know what I mean? But, and then the third one, we want to build or have a new building for Rocky Mountain Family Church. And so I start, from time to time, I think about those three things, and and it just gets big, real big. And And I'll start getting negative. I think, do I just think too big? This is just big. I mean, our church is in a thousand people, and so I mean, for a thousand people, that would be big. Those three things, and and so you have to fight off those doubts. You have to fight off things that, uh, and so this is why I bring in the whole church. This is not a Mike and Melody Davis vision. This is a Rocky Mountain Family Church vision. We need one another to put your faith into this and believe with us and. And uh, because, to be honest with you, it's bigger than all of us. And so it, it's got to be, uh, you know, really, you just got to trust God. Have you ever believed for something that's bigger than you? Whether it's trying to get, uh, you know, if you've got some sickness on your body or some financial thing or uh, you're believing for your kids or your spouse or yourself or whatever, sometimes you just feel overwhelmed that it's bigger than you, which is okay, which is Okay. That's why we have a Savior. That's why we have a God that uh, uh, just comes and grabs hold of us and helps us in every area of our life. Amen? And so uh, a lot of times, you, all of us, we need to speak out what the Bible says instead of what we feel or what the situation we're going on, the circumstance. It's just real easy. It's just real easy just to speak out what you're feeling, isn't it? I mean, if I come up to you, you know, you don't, if, if, if I say, are you hot or cold, you don't have to go, hmm, let me pray about it. <laughs> no, you, well, if you do, you have other issues. But I mean, <laughs> you're going to warm up, speaking of warming up before the end of the service, I'm sure. But uh, you, you don't have to pray about what you're feeling. What you, you are sensing. But when it comes to spiritual things, it, they, you don't feel it a lot of times, the majority of the times. There's been a, a, a few times in my life that uh, I really felt the presence of God. Have you ever just really felt the presence? I mean, you just physically something. And I was thinking about that this week. There's been a handful of times in my life that that's happened to me, and my heart rate just started pounding. And, I mean, I felt like I I could feel my heart beating fast and hard inside my chest. And and I just think, whoa, 
God is just showing up. And uh, that's far and few between. That's not every day. And a lot of times, Christians think that's when God shows up. That's when God uh, is there, when you feel him. That is not true. I said, that's not true. And so, but there's been times when people say, well, pastor, I've never had my heart beat through my chest. And I've never felt God. Am I, does God love me? Because I never feel him. Well, you know, it's nowhere in the Bible that he says, I will make sure that you feel me. It's not in there. So when people, and, and I know, especially back, you know, during a charismatic move when I, I uh, really got involved in all of that, you know, everything, it just seems like there is a lot when it comes to, to feeling. Maybe that's because that song, feeling. <laughs> Nothing more. You want me to keep going? Okay, don't do it. All right. Yeah, you want a good message. All right, I got it. But uh, there's this quote by Roy Williams. He said, this is it. It's titled, Are You Sufficiently Ridiculous? Listen to this. To accomplish the miraculous, you must attempt the ridiculous. Before you attempt the ridiculous, you must announce it to the world. If you don't have the courage to announce it, you must at least whisper it in the dark. Because it must be spoken, you've got to hear yourself say it. And, you, and then you've got to take action. Are you sufficiently ridiculous to do this? To say the opposite of what's going on just goes crosswise with our brains. We always want to say what is actually going on, how we actually feel. And, uh, but it, when, like I said, when it comes to the spiritual things... It, you can't live like that. And so in 1 John chapter 3, he really helps us. John really helps us. He says, my little children, <coughs> let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Assure our heart before him. I just want you to keep that in the back of your mind. How do you assure your heart before God? How do you do that? I know that um, it, it's just like I said, it's just real easy, even when it comes to spiritual things, to, to say what you're feeling or not feeling. I don't, I don't hear from God. I don't sense God. I don't, I don't, I don't. When the Bible says, my sheep know my voice, God says that. So that means every single one of you hear from God. If you're trying to listen for Charlton Heston, it's not going to be that voice. I'm a lot funnier than what you all respond to. I'm just saying. I always speak the, I know, I speak the positive. But anyway... This is the thing. God's voice is going to sound just like your voice. You know, I've never heard, you know, somebody else's voice in my head and God say, Mike, speak, Lord, your servant heareth. No, that doesn't happen. He uses my voice. 
And the reason in 1 John 6, 17, it says that, or in John 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, it says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So you and him are one on the inside. So when people say, what does God sound like? My answer is a lot like you. A lot like you. So how do we assure ourselves? Because that's vitally important. Matter of fact, to me, it's one of the big keys of a lot of the things that are going to be manifested in your life. In Romans chapter 8, Paul put, he, he helps us out even a little bit further in verse 38. He says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor death nor anything created shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul sat there and said, listen, I just want you to know that death, life, angels, demons, uh, anything present, anything that's going to come into my future, nothing is going to be able to separate me from the love of God. He said, I, but listen to me. The key was, he said, I'm persuaded. How was he persuaded? I am persuaded. He took 1 John to actuality in his life, he assured his heart of that. It doesn't come automatically. You don't just know spiritual. You don't wake up one morning and go, I know spiritual things. Hallelujah. No, you don't. You have to assure yourself. How do you assure yourself so you can be persuaded? Because once you're persuaded, then no matter what happens out here, this is good. Are you listening? No matter what happens out here, once you're persuaded, then you know that no matter what happens out here, the promise is still true and it's going to be manifested. I don't care what I'm feeling. I don't care what I'm seeing. It's going to happen. Woo! Well, how do you get persuaded? Well, you have to assure yourself. You have to assure your own heart. What we try to do is God give us more power. God do this. We put it back up on God. God do this. God, when are you going to touch my body? When are you going to help me with my finances? When are you going to change my spouse? Everybody just keep looking forward. But anyway, you just put it all on God. And nothing changes. And so then you think that, well, God doesn't. I must not be living right. I must, something's going on. I, I just I can't figure this out. And while all along God says, first of all, do you realize God has done, are you ready? Everything he's going to do about your healing, he did it 2,000 years ago. Amen. Everything he's done about your finances. Everything he's done for your life, he's already done it. So as long as you have the mentality, God win. You are just lining yourself up with the devil, with the world system. When is this going to happen? When are you going to do something? So God's going to help us out today. You ready to be helped out today? You got to assure your heart so you can be persuaded like Paul, so you can see manifested what is on the inside, on the outside. And no matter what's going on on the outside, it will not affect you. Wow. Isn't it good that no matter what's going on out here, it will not affect you what's going on in here? Amen. 
So how do you assure yourself? Which brings us to the topic of the title of the message today. You got to talk to yourself. You got to talk to yourself. Not just talk anything, though. A lot of people talk to themselves. You hear people say, I am so stupid. I just can't do anything right. That's talking to yourself. But that's not going to put you over. It assures your heart for the negative. It does not assure your heart for what God wants you to know about yourself, what he's done for you. So you have to be persuaded. 1 John 3, 19, this is the amplified version. It says, by this we shall come to know, perceive, recognize, and understand that we are of the truth and can reassure, quiet, consolate, and pacify our hearts in his presence. So you have to talk to yourself. So there's times that I, I probably say this more than anything. In John chapter 16, it talks about the Holy Ghost will lead you. Jesus says, I'm going to leave. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost, and he's going to do this. He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth, and he will even show you things to come. I probably say that more than anything that I assure my heart with. I say this, Holy Ghost leads me and guides me in all truth and shows me things to come. You don't need every difficult decision you have to make. You don't say, I just don't know what to do. I'll never, I can't figure this out. I'll never know what to do. I, can't, I just don't. No. You're assuring your heart, but for the wrong thing. You have to assure your heart what the Bible says. You assure your heart by saying, you know, I got a difficult situation, a decision I'm going to have to make. But I believe the Holy Ghost leads me and guides me in all truth, and he shows me things to come. I believe I have the wisdom of Almighty God on the inside of me, and I know my steps were ordered by the Lord. My steps are ordered by the Lord. I'm going to walk through this thing, and when the dust settles, I'm still going to be standing. Woo! You can be in a tornado, and you can't even see yourself in future, in the past, or anything, because you're just in a major dirt devil storm. But when you just sit there and say, yeah, but when the dust settles, I'm going to be the one standing. Amen? So you have to know some things about what the Bible says about you. Most people, you know, you see, people say this, you know, Pastor, you're just really anointed. And my thing to say to you is, we all are anointed. I said, we all are anointed. And what's so important to know that you're anointed? Because the Bible says that it's the anointing that breaks the yoke, breaks off bondages in your life. You don't have to just wait for the pastor to pray for you and rub every hair off your head. Sorry, I focused on you. But anyway... uh, Anyway, (laughs) help me, Jesus. I'll stand back here. 1 John 2.20. You know, when you're getting off track, you just go back to the word. 1 John 2.20 says, but the Holy One has, past tense, anointed you. It doesn't say anointed the pastor or the preacher. He's anointed you, and you all know the truth. So this is how you can do this. You assure yourself, man, I'm anointed by God. I am anointed by God. And you keep assuring yourself that till you become persuaded about that. 
And then when you become persuaded about that, then you understand that I don't care what's coming up against me. The anointing of God in me is far greater than anything coming against me. All hell can break loose again. Satan himself can stand right in front of me, but the anointing inside of me is far greater than anything. Man, you start talking like that. You start talking like that. What are you doing when you talk like that? You're assuring your heart. Why is it vitally important that you assure your heart? Because when you assure your heart, all of a sudden you become persuaded. And if you become persuaded, then it doesn't matter. Paul says, I'm telling you what, nothing can separate me from the love of God. And I mean nothing. Woo! You say, I have the favor of God. No, people just say, okay, let's say it again. Say, I have the favor of God. And most people don't really believe that. Most people don't think that, you know, I tell stories about uh, where I get some great car deals or some great deal that I purchased something or something that I just, I love great deals. How many like a great deal? You don't have to wait till Black Friday. I like Black Friday, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's great. But, I mean, you, you may, it may be July and it's a long ways to Black Friday. So you, my point is this. You need to believe that you have the favor with God and favor with man everywhere you go. You're just favor on a popsicle stick, just waiting for a good deal to happen. This is what the Word says. you got to assure yourself. Listen, this doesn't come automatically. People think, well, if God wants me to have favor, it'll happen. No, no, no. He's already given you favor. God's not going to do anything about your favor. So this is what you say, Psalms chapter 5, verse 12. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. With favor. Psalms 84, 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Now, this is Old Testament. How many know Psalms is in the Old Testament? It's under the Old Covenant. So this is what you have to do when you read the Old Testament or the Old Covenant. Are you ready? This Because for decades, I would preach from the Old Testament or Old Covenant as if it's still vitally important word for word today. By that, this is what I mean. This scripture says that God will not, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So I would translate that as, as long as I walk uprightly and holy, no good thing will he withhold from me. I don't know about you, but I can do this maybe for about 30 seconds, 5 minutes, 10, 30. A whole day, you're stretching. Stretching if you're going to work. If I have to be perfect and walk upright all day while I'm out of the bed, that could be difficult. And even at nighttime, sometimes I have a bad dream. I mean, so my point is, you think, how am I going to get no good thing will he withhold from me if I don't uphold my part? You're reading with the old covenant lens. The new covenant lens, are you ready? You're going to be glad you braved the cold today. The new covenant lens is this. You do not read it from the perspective of I have to do something to receive something, all right? In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 
verse 20, it says this. This is the Passion Translation. I didn't give this scripture to him. The Passion Translation in 2 Corinthians. I want to read to you. Just listen to me. For all of God's promises. How many? All of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. Now, listen, this is vitally important. All of the promises find their fulfillment in Jesus, not in your performance. <laughs> the King James Version says all the promises of God are yes and amen. But the passion, I really love the way it says, it says all of the promises find their fulfillment, which means do I have to get do something to get the promise fulfilled? No. All of the promises of God find their fulfillment in Jesus and has nothing to do with you or me or how I perform or act or anything. So that's the new covenant. How many think that's a lot better than the old covenant? The old covenant, I had to walk upright. I had to be perfect. I had to be righteous. I had to look at everybody with good attitude and just treat everybody perfectly, which I'm sure they struggled, which meant they didn't get the the promise fulfilled. So God understood that. So he comes along and says, instead of having all the promises go through man, I'm going to have them go through one man, Jesus. And if Jesus can be perfect, then all of the promises will be for all of us because they find their fulfillment in him. So this is how you read Psalms 8411 with new covenant glasses. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord has given, has given grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from me because of Jesus. Because of him walking uprightly, I get the benefit. That's called the gospel. That's called the good news. How many think that's just good news? You think that's good news that God's not going to withhold any good thing from you because of you? Moi? No, it's because of Jesus. So in Deuteronomy, I I preached this. Deuteronomy chapter 28. I just used to love this because it, it really talked about the blessings of God. And so in Deuteronomy 28 verse 1, it says, If you fully obey, not just obey, but fully. You know what that means? Perfectly. If you perfectly, to the nth degree, obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. There again, I would think, wow, not just obey. You know, somebody says, you know, it's kind of like you, you tell your kids, you clean your room? Yeah, I clean my room. Did you fully clean your room? It puts it down to a little bit higher standard, doesn't it? When you just say, did you clean your room? Yeah, I cleaned it. A lick and a promise. You know what that means, don't you? And it's just not there. It's just not, it's not happening. But fully. And then he goes on to say, and carefully. Oh, these adages. Ooh. Keep all his commands. Not just keep his commands, but carefully. Keep all his commands. Then he's going to set you 
on high above all the nations. So I used to preach this, you know, and I used to say, you know, you just need God to help you to obey, and you just need to obey. And you, everybody, you need to obey. You know what that means? This is a translation. You ain't going to be set on high. Let's just come down to the, where the river meets the road. You're not going to be sitting on high. So then I found out, based upon the new covenant, what Jesus has done, this is how you read the Old Testament, which will just come, the Old, the Old Testament will come alive to you. So this is how, because Jesus has fully obeyed the Lord his God, and because Jesus has carefully kept all of his commands, the Lord God has set me high above all the nations of the world. Wow! This makes you want to swing over hell and spit in the devil's eye. And take that. Verse 2. You will experience new covenant. Old covenant says you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. New covenant. I have experienced all these blessings because Jesus has obeyed the Lord his God. Verse 3, your towns, your fields will be blessed. New covenant. My city, Pueblo, is blessed by Almighty God. I'm not praying for Pueblo to get blessed. I'm not praying for, for Pueblo to get its act together. You know, in Proverbs, uh, I believe it's 11.11. I'm not for sure exactly, but I believe it's Proverbs 11.11. It says that the wicked, you know, curse their city with their mouth, but the righteous are a blessing to their city. So if the wicked use their mouth to curse the city, then how are the righteous supposed to bless their city? With your mouth. So all of us need to get the word out. I'm sure you're not saying this, you know, like, Pueblo doesn't have any good jobs. Pueblo school system really sucks. It's bad. And our government is just so sorry. And, and the road system, I don't think we have a road system. And, uh, and you just hear people, like I said, none of us have ever said anything negative about our city. But this is the thing. It says here, it says in the word of God, if you're going to assure your house and be your, your heart, if you're going to assure your heart and be persuaded, then you need to change the way that you say things about your life, about your city, about everything around you. The, way, the world does this. I mean, if everything stinks to high heaven, it's easy to go. You know, the government just really stinks. In Pueblo, oh, man, Pueblo. It stinketh. Everybody can say that. But if you're going to do new covenant manifestation of the will of God in your life, then you're going to have to change the way that you think. And now that you change the way you think, you're going to have to change the way that you speak. It says your towns and your fields will be blessed. New covenant, your towns and your cities are blessed. You can say what's going on. You can say. And it will, be, will it be true? Yep. And if you want it to stay that way, just keep saying the same thing. But if you want it to change, if you want it to change, <clears throat> if you want it to change, then you need to change what you're saying. 
I said, you need to change what you're saying. Pueblo is blessed of God. It's seated high. Pueblo is one of the greatest places to live in. Pueblo has great school systems. It has great government. It has great physicians. It has great doctors. It has good stuff. You, I feel sorry for you if you do not live in Pueblo, Colorado. I feel that way. You know, when people say they're from Kansas, I feel sorry for them. But anyway, I'm kidding. I told myself I was not going to knock on Kansas. I've been doing that for 20 years. I'm sorry. I love Kansas. Actually, when we went to Branson, we spent the night in Wichita. You need to go to Wichita, downtown Wichita. Stay in, it was one of those historic hotels. We walked around. They had music playing. We ate real good food, listened to some great jazz music. It was awesome. Wichita. I love Wichita. That was for all the bad stuff I've been saying for 20 years <laughs> about Kansas. Sorry. Melanie and I are going to go back to Wichita. Anyway, where are we at? What one? Verse 4. Your children, your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Now, the culture of that time was there were farmers, and they had cattle and goats and all that. So that's why they spoke blessing over that. It says, if you're going to fully obey God, all of these things are going to be blessed. Well, if you're an agriculture-type job, if you're a farmer, then yeah, you confess this. But you know, most of us do not live on the farm. So what do you say? My job is blessed by God. The economic system of Pueblo is blessed in Jesus' name. Now, I know I want you to listen to this with the right heart. I used to say this when I was in Louisville, Kentucky. I was a supervisor for FedEx. And FedEx, uh, I started working for them in uh, 1980, January 1980. FedEx was the first corporation in America to be a billion-dollar corporation in the first 10 years of its existence. First corporation. I used to say this. God gave me this back in the early 80s. I used to say, FedEx is a prosperous company because I work for them. Now, you may be thinking, well, aren't you arrogant? No, 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 no. I'm doing what Deuteronomy chapter 28 says. Are you hearing me? Listen to me. Don't take this the wrong way because I'm nothing special, but I believe this. I believe this back in the 80s. I used to say FedEx is a prosperous company. They are going someplace. They are expanding. They're doing great things because I am part of this corporation. And the Bible says that what I'm connected to is blessed. My company is blessed by God. If you say that, what are you doing? I'm reassuring my heart, number one, with what I'm speaking. And because I'm reassuring my heart by what I'm speaking... I am persuaded, like Paul, that what the Bible says, I don't care what's going on out here, what the Bible says, it's too late. I'm already persuaded. I'm already persuaded. Well, you go on, it says, verse 7, the Lord will conquer your enemies. When they attack you, they'll attack you from one direction and flee in seven. New Testament, Jesus has defeated all of my enemies, including Satan himself. All of my enemies Sickness is defeated in my life. Poverty is defeated in my life. Depression is defeated. Everything that the devil tries to say has been defeated, not will be, has been. Verse 9, the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do. 
and will fill your storehouses with grain. God has blessed everything that I do. I say this quite often. Whatever I set my hand to prospers. Whatever I set my hand to prospers. I was working out back in February, March. I was on a treadmill. Just minding my own business, but I was concentrating on this. I was reassuring my heart of this scripture. Whatever I set my hand to prospers. I'm telling you, whatever I set my hand to prospers. Woo, and I was getting excited. You get excited about that. I, was run- I started running fast. Whatever I set my hand to prospers. <laughs> you get the picture? I really try to get everybody in my story. You're in there? All right. But anyway, I was sitting there doing this, and Dwayne, come here. You're going to be Mike. I'm going to be God. I like that. Get, get on your knees. Face me, though. All of a sudden, while I'm just minding my own business, I was thinking, whatever I set my hand to prospers, whatever I set my hand to prospers. And all of a sudden, I just saw Jesus, and I saw myself, and God came, Jesus came up to me and said, whatever I set my hand to prospers. Whatever Jesus sets his hand to prospers. That's New Covenant way of reading this. Woo! What does that mean? And the Lord says, Mike, that's not just for you. That's for all people. He says, I have set my hand to mankind. And I expect and I see prosperity in everything I set my hand to. Are you kidding me? And so what does the church do? I shouldn't say that. What do some people do? What do some people do? I just, I just, God, you have to, when are you going to prosper me? When are you going to prosper me? Honey, his hand's on your life right now. His hand's on your life. I said his hand's on your life. But you have to be the one who reassures yourself. So what do you do? The hand of God is on me. I'm blessed going and I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. Whatever I set my hand to, I mean everything. If it's a real estate deal, it's blessed. If it's purchasing a car, it's blessed. If it's going to the grocery store, it's blessed. Everything, I'm just blessed. It's oozing out of my pores. I don't sweat. I bless. I mean, it's just blessed coming out. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm just blessed. You reassure yourself that. You just keep reassuring yourself. I'm running out of time. Verse says, if you obey, verse 9, the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord establish you as his holy people as he swore he would do. If you obey, because Jesus has obeyed, I'm a holy person. I'm a righteous person. You know, you can't go around saying my righteousness is filthy as rags. Well, the Bible says that. Your righteousness is. But you don't live according to your righteousness. You live according to Jesus, which has made you and me righteous. Therefore, I am righteous. So you have to reassure yourself. Even when you get a terrible thought, listen to me. We all get terrible thoughts. Oh, man. First service, I was much further along. Let me just skip. Verse 139, verse 17. Verse 139, verse 17. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. How precious are God's thoughts toward you today? It's not just one or two. The Bible says they can't be numbered. You know, they say, I read this article. I don't know if it's true, but I've read this article. You can't believe everything you read, but it was interesting. But anyway, I've read this article that says if 
somebody says one negative thing for you, it takes about seven or a bunch more to counter that one negative thing. Have you heard that? Have you read that? Some of you? Okay, good. Uh, so I think that way, and I just think, oh, Lord, man. You know, I, I, I've told this story before, but it's like when I worked for FedEx, I was going through this parking lot, and there was this little old lady, and she was walking across, and she was doing about this, about that speed. And, I mean, I'm parked there, and I'm... <laughs> today, today, I mean, like right now, Craig, at least... I wanted to go up and just go, I got this. Okay. She was just walking so slow. I was a crazy fanatic FedEx driver. I mean, I really was. I would drive down one-way streaks through stuff. I don't even want to say everything that I did. They love me, though. I could get packages delivered faster than any Tom, Dick, and Harry. Little did they know that I was breaking. Is this being recorded? Anyway, I did good for them. So my, I had that thought. I, this thought came to me. I thought, I should just mow her down boom, 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 and just go. I know. I had that thought. just came to me. Just mow her down. She is taking forever. It was a terrible. Was it, that's, I know. It's terrible. Terrible. You go, Pastor, don't even say that. I know it's terrible. I don't need your judgment. So I sit there, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Then, you know, she finally, like, when the sun went down, she got across the street. But then I got through, and then I felt real guilty. Michael Davis, that is so horrible. I felt like mud. But this is the thing that I've learned since then. It took years for me to get a hold of this. When you have one negative thought, this is what God says. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God, they cannot be numbered. So your one negative thought, your 10 negative thoughts, your 100 thoughts are outweighed by his billion trillion that cannot be numbered against your, your, your thoughts. Did you get that? I said, did you get that? Because, you know, our negative thoughts make us feel like I'm such a terrible person. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I'm really terrible. Running over old ladies. But anyway, I mean, it's just bad. But this is what God says. Your handful of negative thoughts cannot be outweighed by his innumerable good thoughts. That just helped me. Am I saying it's okay to be thinking terrible things about elderly people? No, I'm not. I'm not. But what I am saying, don't let the devil put you in a category that you're a terrible person because of what you're thinking. When God says, my thoughts, first of all, are always precious towards you, number one. Secondly, I don't just have a handful of thoughts. Wouldn't it be nice if everybody thought good about you? But your heavenly father always thinks positive, precious thoughts about you, and they can't be numbered. You need to assure yourself. So how do I assure myself? God is pleased with me. My father's pleased with me today. No matter what Mike is doing, no matter how Mike is performing, God is pleased with Mike today. Your brain would go, I don't think so. I don't think so. But you have to assure yourself 
by speaking out of your mouth so you can be persuaded to what God says is a reality and shall be manifested because you are assuring your heart. This will not come naturally. Trust me. You have to sit there and say it. Woo. I'm pleasing God today. Woo, everything I do, I'm pleasing. I am pleasing God today. I am just uh, one big pleaser. I mean, I just please God. Woo, Woo. God loves me. I'm his favorite. I am just, boo. You think, that's ridiculous. If you want to be ridiculous, you have to do this. If you want to see more victory in your life, you have to do this. Maybe not the jumping up and down part, but you have to, you have to say what God is saying about you. Let's stand. Hallelujah. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner and you are saved by grace, but you're no longer a sinner. You're no longer a sinner. Don't call yourself a sinner. Call yourself righteous. Call yourself, I'm the righteousness of God. Call yourself, I have favor. I please my father. He's thinking good things about me. You have to assure yourself, and over and over and over, you have to keep doing this. It's not a one-time thing. You mean, sometimes I go through cycles of this, and I, and I just need to remind myself, this message is for me. I'm glad you were here to hear it, but this message was for me. I have to say these things about Mike Davis so the doubts will just fall off. You have to say it. What is God thinking about you? Good things. Remember the story of Ziglag, David, his, his uh, guys, they took off and they were raiding. And when they came back, their town, their little community was raided by the enemy. All of the women were taken away, all their goods, all their stuff that was taken, stolen from them. And everybody was following David's lead, you know, on the raid. So when they came back, all the people that were with him thought about killing him. David, this is your fault. Man, how would you feel? All the people were against David. This is what the Bible says. David heard what they wanted to do. So David did this. It says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. He did exactly what I was talking about today. He probably had to get far away from his buddies and just say, Father, I thank you that you love me, that you protect me, and that you want good things for me, that you've anointed me as the king. Thank you for doing that. He had to keep assuring himself and assuring himself, and he went from discouragement to encouragement by speaking what he believed that God thought about him. What happened? They brought the ephod, and he, the prophet prophesied and said, you go after them. I will rescue all the people and your wives, and you will not lose anything. That's exactly what happened. All of the women, all of the children were brought back, all of the goods. The enemy was defeated, and they, everything was totally restored. I wonder if we would be reading about that if David didn't encourage himself in the Lord. I wonder how things in your past could have been really changed if you would encourage yourself. But instead of looking back and saying, I really screwed up, I really missed it back then, how about taking from this day forward and let's do this? 
I said, forget about the past. Paul said this, I release the past. I forget about the past, and I reach forth to what lies ahead of me. I don't care if you've been divorced. I don't care if you've filed bankruptcy. I don't care what's happened in your past. From this day forward, you can speak to yourself and encourage yourself and reassure yourself and be persuaded that good things are in my future and in my life today. The devil has been defeated. Woo! Can you shout amen? Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your goodness. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God that you are helping us, and this message will just ring in our ears and in our minds that we will reassure our hearts, and we will be persuaded, and we know that good things have happened because of Jesus, and he is thinking good of us. We have his favor. We have his healing. We have his prosperity, his goodness. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.